Okay. We are ready to start. Bruchim Haboyim B'Shem Hashem Beirachnu Chem Hashem. Welcome to our weekly I and mean, weekly Wednesday night shiur. Of course, as the past weeks, this week's shiur is dedicated to Lila Nishmas, Pasheva Chana, Le Asholom, Pasra Levrom, Shiyachyeh. Also, this week, uh, we had the funeral of Vladimir Gamberg, uh, Zev Ben Hillel, Hello, Shalom. And uh, since it's in the week of the Shiva, I'd like to give a dedication to him as well. This week is the last week. It's the last week of the year. And the riddle of the day was what Parsha in the Tera can be read twice, two Shabbosim in one year? In one calendar year, a parsha that can be read two times. We'll get to it. Hopefully, <laughs> I remember at the end of this year that we asked the question so that we can give the answer. This week's the parsha is Nitzavim Vayelach. Nitzavim Vayelach. We don't say parshiyos Nitzavim Vayelach. We talk about parsha. The Parsha of the week is Nitzavim Vayelach. Parsha Nitzavim is always read the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. This year we're going to be starting Selichis on Matzai Shabbos. Kedish the Ashkenazim, those lucky guys who were able to sleep for the last month. Um, we feel sorry for the Feel sorry. You don't have to feel sorry. Baruch Hashem, the Sephardic community keeps together, and they continue their minig tev to say slichas the entire chaydish el. Um, I'm not changing over to Sephardi minhagim. Maybe it's good enough from Shabbos, but the Shabbos of Rosh Hashanah. This year it comes out the perfect kviyas because Rosh Hashanah is Thursday and Friday. And therefore, the Erev Rosh Hashanah is Wednesday. So Sunday night, Matzah Shabbos is the first Slichas. So Sunday is no Slichas, only Monday and Tuesday that are Slichas. Wednesday is already Erev Rosh Hashanah. And then Thursday and Friday, of course, Rosh Hashanah. I would like to discuss different halachas of Rosh Hashanah as well. I am toying with the idea of pre-recording a shir next week, Mitzvah Hashem, just for Rosh Hashanah. So, Billy Nether, by Tuesday evening you'll have that sheer out. It'll be a video as well for those who want to request it. A few things we touch on for Dinim of Rosh Hashanah, which are pertinent, and I don't want you to miss out on it in case you don't download this year on time next week. On Wednesday, Erev Rosh Hashanah, we need to make an Erev Tafshil. No, it was not Chinese. The Erev Tavshilin is an Erev that is made just like we make an Erev for carrying Erev Chatzeres and just like they make an Erev for Tchumim for Erev Tchumim <coughs> which when a person is only allowed to walk X amount of space out of a town, out of an inhabited area they They can make an Erev Tchumim at the 2000 Eilan mark, which would be challah and wine, and therefore they would be able to eat there and stop there, and they'd be able to continue another 2000 Eilan. So that is also an Erev. Then there's the Erev Chesedis, as we said, which makes it, helps us carry from courtyard to courtyard, or even within a building, an apartment building. Some people are not aware of it. They feel that the building is closed up. If a person is in an apartment building, they need to make an Erev Chatseris with other 
tenants in the building so that one can carry in the hallways and on the stairwells, etc. Erev Tafshilin is also an Erev that carries you over from one Rishus to another, from one domain to another. There are halachas as far as cooking are concerned for Yamtif. <laughs> Today, uh, the wonderful world of WhatsApp, they said that little caricature of a woman piling up on the counter of the grocery store. And the guy behind the grocery store says, What? Another hurricane is coming? And she says, No, it's a three-day umtif. Three-day umtif is what because it's Rosh Hashanah, it's Thursday and Friday, and then we go straight into Shabbos. Now, if you want to cook on Rosh Hashanah, because whatever reason you didn't manage before Rosh Hashanah, or because the uh, locust showed up at your table and ate everything you cooked for the whole holiday, and therefore you need to cook some extra, has happened to the best of us. You may not cook from one meal to the next. In other words, Wednesday night is Yom Tif. You can cook for Wednesday night. Obviously, you've already co- that you've pre-cooked probably. This guy never remembers it's Wednesday night. <laughs> However, Thursday morning, if you realize that Wednesday night you used all your food, Thursday morning, you can cook Thursday morning for Thursday's meal. However, you may not cook on Wednesday night for Thursday's meal. Sometimes people are concerned that they're not going to have enough, they're not going to have enough time to cook. They have to go to shul in the morning. <laughs> in Chabad, we, uh, if you've grown up and grown Chabad all your life, you're far into this thought. Because in Chabad, the Shachar starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. Shabbos, Yom Tif, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, it doesn't matter. Shachar starts at 10 o'clock in the morning. And they, conf- and they kvetch, and they complain if Musa finishes by 3. <laughs> 3.15 and mind you now they take a little longer because before Tkiyas they sing all the Nigunim and these different Achanas that are made when the Rebbe brought Tkiyas and Shul the Rebbe came up the Rebbe made the Brachas the Rebbe made his Achanas said the Psukim they brought Tkiyas today they invite all the Admirim all the Rabbeim so they sing all the Nigunim it's a different production with that, they finish 3.15, 3.30, and the Elam is going out of their minds. They're crawling out of their skin. Hey, we started at 10, until 3.30, five and a half hours in Shul. <laughs> Everywhere else in the world, at 7.30 in the morning, they're starting chakras. Not only 7.30 in the morning, they're starting chakras, and not only the chakras finish about... 11, 11.30 they take a break fought kiyas they make kiddush they have a little break and then they start with kiyas and musaf and they usually get home about 4.35 o'clock and this is the norm and I'm talking about big modern orthodox shuls of chazanim who have a committee that tells the chazan what time they have to say Baruch, what time they have to say Kriya Shema, what time they have to say Chazat Shatz. Talking about Shtiblach, Shuls, Chassidish Shtiblach, Chassidish Oilemis, Chassidish Kreisen. This is how it works. 7.30 in the morning, Zitz Mishem Bam Davin. Anyam Kippur, they have little breaks, they have I think two breaks, but they have between Shachas, between here, between there. But the soccer that we have an hour between Musaf and Mincha. Now the only ones that really complain about the short Havsaka on Yom Kippur <laughs> are the people that want to get Maftiyena. So they usually bought a Maftiyena, they have to wait till the Sefer is available so they can get their Maftiyena. They want to make sure they can get their Maftiyena so they complain that the Havsaka is too short. <laughs> 
Cooking, back to the yamtiv cooking that you were discussing. Cooking, therefore, if one would cook by day, excuse me, on Thursday, and they would want to use this for Thursday night, the loophole that is used is that they can taste from the, you can partake from the food. Is that pile have my liquor shabbat on it? Couldn't find it. They can partake from the food. If they partake from the food, then they can almost legally cook. They cook basically for, officially for the day. And um, since they partook of it, they can stay. And then afterwards, they, as they use it at night, they use it at night. There it is. However, again the same stands. Thursday evening you cannot cook for Friday morning. You cannot cook for Friday morning. Friday morning, Friday day, you're allowed to cook for Shabbos. How all of a sudden can you cook for Shabbos? You can only cook for Shabbos if you made an Erev Tavshilin. And that Erev Tavshila needs to be made on Wednesday before Yom Tov starts. The Erev Tavshila you take to Chalas or Matzis if you prefer. Thank you. With something cooked. An egg, piece of fish, whatever it might be. piece of fish, egg, whatever it might be, with the two chalas, you need to call in an outsider. You cannot do it with your whole family members. You have to take an outsider from the street. And the outsider then is, you're makna to him, the Erev. He lifts it up. <coughs> and then you would make the bracha, which is in the siddur. And then, then you would put this away, say the Hirotzen afterwards, you would put this away, and it needs to be eaten, Likras Mincha Shabbos. In other words, towards the end of Shabbos, what would be Shalashudas? For those who eat Shalashudas, it's not a problem to do that. For those that don't eat Shalashudas, usually, I guess you could probably wash and eat it during the meal on the Shabbos day. That's not the ideal way to do it, though. So that is one halacha which I thought was very, very pertinent. I want to make sure that you get across from now so it doesn't become a mistake. If someone forgets to make Erev Tavshilin, someone forgets to make Erev Tavshilin, they are allowed once in a life, once in their life they are allowed to rely on the Rav of the city to make Erev Tavshilin. Was it the drink? However, if they forgot before, it's very problematic. Extremely problematic. It's even a question if you could actually have somebody else cook and use the other person's food. It's a very stringent din. It's a mitzvah. We say Hashem, the Shannon Mitzvah But it's a stringent din that we cannot play around with. We need to make sure that this Erev Tavshilin is made. The Pasha, we're going to go back now to Pasha, which is the original course of this year. Atem Nitzav Mayim Kulchem. You're all standing here today, gathered here today. Lefnei Hashem Aleikechem. 
Rashi says, what is the Avrecha Bevris Hashem Alekecha? Melamed says Rashi, Rashi says, it teaches us, Shekinsam, Meisha Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, B'yei Meisai, Meisha gathered the Jews before the Almighty, the day that he passed, Lachnisam Bevris, to take them into the covenant. It's a very interesting Balaturim actually that tells us that in Vayelech, to be in Vayelech, that Moshe actually, before passing, I, I'm not sure how to actually translate this, forgot everything that he learned. Forgot all his learning. So that he should not be so tortured by leaving the world. Because his life was study of Terah. And by depriving him of studying Terah, it would have been an endless pain. So in order to See to it that he's not punished that way. The tailor was forgotten. I don't know exactly how that works. Again, I'll repeat. It's just that it was very interesting to read. Here, though, Moshe Rabbeinu gathers all the Jews on the day of his passing to bring them into this covenant. First glance, we look at this. What is Rashi adding with this Pasuk? Explaining this Pasuk. The tailor says in Pasuk, I bring you all together today. So why is Rashi telling us again that he brought them all together? Rashi is looking to drive home a different message. The fact that Kinsam Moshe, Moshe gathered them. He made a rally. He brought together for a special rally of Am Yisrael, To, in order to bring them into this brisat with the Abishta. So one could think, Pashnitzavim was said at the same time where Mesha was talking to the Jews before. The Pasha before, it's the Vikram Mesha called Yisrael. Mesha called all the Jews together. So they were all together already. So what's the news over here that they're together? Therefore, Rashi stresses, no. They were together before they had gone to home. Now, Moshe brings them all together once again for this special occasion. And we see this from the Pasuk. The Pasha prior talked about the Jews who had gathered together. And now, all of a sudden, it says, Atem Nitzav Mayim Kulchem. You're all being gathered together. You're all standing together. We know they were standing there. Why does the Pasuk have to tell us again, reiterate this concept? Because, tell us that no, it is not a continuation from the previous Pasuk. Even where it says, if Hashem Alekechem doesn't fit. Because they didn't come stand in front of the Abishnah. They all came gathering, standing in front of Meshach Rabbeinu. So therefore, when he says, Atem Nitzavim, we know from here that this is a special gathering. Meisha brought the nation together before HaKadosh Baruch Hu to bring them into this covenant. On the other hand, since this fits so well to the word Nitzavim, gathered, which means they stood here like soldiers, You're coming into a covenant with a person. You're coming into a covenant not just with a person with a college baruch Hu. You should be standing humble. You should be standing like with great humility. Nitzavim says, the message of Nitzavim is the straight spine, head up, chest out. You're standing with, with uh, a stance. How can you be standing with a stance if you're coming to enter a bris with the so Rashi adds another thing here. A Medesh Agada. The Medesh Agada asks a question. Pashki Savoy was the 98 curses, 100 curses. So the question that Rashi asks, the Medesh asks, why would the Pashki Savoy 
such a beautiful parsha, Moshe entering the Jews into this covenant. Special, special thing happening. Why would this be right after the Clolus? So Moshe is telling them, yes, you were cursed. Yes, you were given these terrible Clolus. And we said last week that the Mitlet ever heard these Clolus was a child. He fainted. He couldn't take it. It was so severe to him. After hearing all this, the Jews could have been downtrodden. They could have felt like shmatis. So Moshe tells them, You're standing strong today. You're existing. So therefore, what is he saying by Atim Nitzavim? He's giving them this encouragement that sometimes we feel something is turning us in the wrong direction. Something is hitting us. Something is pounding us down. Something is degrading us, putting us in a, in, a, in a low place, tells us, in order for Am Yisrael to overcome all these hardships, you need to stand up. And you have to know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu watches over Am Yisrael always. And that doesn't mean just Am Yisrael, we're going to discuss later, how each and every part of Am Yisrael. And as we said, this always comes before Rosh Hashanah. And we see Atem Nitzavim, Hayyim, Hayyim makes reference to Rosh Hashanah. Just like Meshach Rabbeinu brought the Jews in order to go into this covenant with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so also before, on Rosh Hashanah we go into this bris, this covenant of connection, Hiskashus, and inner Hiskashus, with the Etzim and the Mahus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this Hiskashus comes how? Through looking into our Teda and Mitzvahs. And since Teda is a way of being Mekasher, of connecting to God, that it connects Yisrael with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. After the Jew connects with HaKadosh Baruch Hu through Teda, this binds them in an upper spheres, in the Maila, higher than the Kashas according to Teda, through Teda. And this is the bris that's brought about between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Eden. The bris that brings about Shefa Teiv, all the good brachas, Gashmias, Elamazer, Teiv, Hanira Vanigla. But he says though, that what is the Atem Nitzavim, the Avracha Bivris, to go over into this Bris Hashem Alekecha. Other Mepharshim say that for this reason, Moshe Rabbeinu made this Bris. This bris of Arevus, a bris of guarantors, how one Jew is a guarantor for another. The bris of Kol Yisrael Arevim Zevazeh. If you keep in score at home, it's Gemara Rosh Hashanah, Chavtes, on the bottom of Amr Aleph. Kol Yisrael Arevim Zevazeh, every Jew is a guarantor for a fellow Jew. That's not simple. When you say each Jew is a guarantor for his friend, simple explanation, if his friend is lacking something, what's a guarantor? He's lacking something, you're going to make up for it. He'll fill the gap. (laughs) Can every Jew fill the gap for every Jew? First of all, can every Jew, one given Jew fill the gap for all the Jews that are missing something? Or even if not, can any... Any given Jew fill the gap from another Jew that's missing something, that's lacking something? How can we say that? In money, you bring a guarantor. You want to get a loan? They say, give us a guarantor. A guarantor has to be acceptable. And this is also with a with a, a formula. <laughs> I told the story before of the uh, the multimillionaire comes to the bank and he has a, he parks his Rolls Royce his brand new Rolls Royce outside the bank and he parks the Rolls Royce outside the bank and he um, goes to the bank manager and he says uh, I need a $5,000 loan it's $5,000 loan you are a multi-billionaire you need a $5,000 loan is he enough for long? Not for three weeks. 
how much a 5,000 loan would it cost me for three weeks? She makes the cheshman according to the uh, interest rates and everything else. $5,000 loan for three weeks. It costs you $130. I don't know the, the actual math. It's only numbers are throwing out. She says, um, I'd like to put up a collateral. She says, you want to put a collateral for the loan? It says, yes. What collateral do you want to put up? I want to give you my Rolls Royce. The bank was in a big building, and so felt like they had a garage. The bank manager thought it over. The Rolls Royce is worth who knows how much. Definitely more than the $5,000. It's a good guarantor. So they took the five thousand. They took the Rolls Royce. They gave him the five thousand dollars. Garnished. He comes back from his vacation after three weeks, <laughs> and he gives the five thousand dollars dollar back to the manager with the hundred and thirty dollars interest. And he asks for the keys, and he says, "Okay." And he gives him the keys to the Rolls Royce. <laughs> he gives him the keys to the Rolls Royce. Excuse me, excuse me. I need to know this. Please explain what happened here. You needed $5,000 loan? He says, no. So why did you take $5,000 loan? He says, mister, I take the $5,000 loan and I have to pay $130 interest. He says, right. He says, you know another place in the city I could park my Rolls Royce for three weeks for $130? (laughs) (laughs) I got my my Rolls Royce parked for three weeks for $130. So it was a good deal. Arevis. This is called Arevis. You take $5,000, you give a $100,000 car, that's called good Arevis. So the Arev needs to have, the guarantor needs to have something also, he has to be substantial. You're not going to bring in a poor man that can't afford bread for the house, or water, can't afford milk for his children, and say, he's my guarantor, if I don't pay you back, he'll pay you back. <laughs> They'll laugh you out of the shul. If you can't rely on the rich man who needs somebody to have his guarantor, then how are you going to get now anyone to be a guarantor? He doesn't have what to pay the chayv. If he can't pay the chayv, how is the other man going to pay the chayv? The rich man is the poor man as, an, as a guarantor. The rich man can't pay the end, at the end of the debt, he can't pay his debt. So he turns to the poor man. The poor man's like, <laughs> hey, you want my socks? <laughs> I only use them three days this week. I, Come on, what do I have? So how is it possible that that a simple Jew should be an Arav for the biggest and the greatest Jew? What can this simple Jew offer in return of Arevus. There's an explanation as follows. Uh Uh You're late. (laughs) He came to check you. The Alter Rebbe explains in Tanya. Atem nitzav mayim kulchem. And he explains that each and every Jew stands in a concept of kima achas shlema. Which means to say, the Jewish nation is like organs of a body. The organs of one whole body. You look at a body, and you obviously say, the heart pumps the blood. Very important part. Very important organ. The brain thinks the brain thinks where to walk, where not to walk, where to be, where not to be. The hands do the actions that need to be done. 
the nose breathes. Each organ has its own very important significance. We work our way down from the head and come to the lowest, the foot. Eh. What's a foot? What's an ankle? How you ache this moon? The foot can only move. It's a message from the head. Head says move forward, it moves. But, what happens? When the head says move, and the foot says no. When the head wants to get from this end of the room to the other end of the room, and the foot says no. You know what? He ain't getting there. Unless he detaches himself and rolls himself across the room, he's not getting anywhere. At this quote-unquote insignificant foot has major importance. Still in all, He needs to chip in. And so every organ in the body is the same, except for the appendix. Please don't tell that to your appendix because they get insulted, they get angry, they get irritated. Once they get irritated, uh uh-uh. There's no no telling what they can do. They've been known to explode. You should never know. So therefore, every organ needs to function properly in order for the body to function. This, says the Al-Tarebbe, is the exact same thing of the person, of the Jewish nation. Yes, there are more important people. Yes, there are people that are holier, and there are people that don't look that holy. You have people that... Who are they to serve the head? Who are they to be by the Nasi, by the leader? But still, even if they're a foot or a heel, they're going to move around the head. Therefore, each and every Jew can be an Arv for another Jew, for the entire nation. Because they are the usher that can help out everyone. So, in Pashas Nitzavim, which we read, as we said before, before Rosh Hashanah, this is our preparation to Rosh Hashanah. The condition, this important condition, that's requested from us, to come and to stand strong, Atem Nitzavim Ayyem Lefnei Baruch Hu, is Achtus. When we say Achtus, unity, united we stand. This is not actus for different entities that are uniting, but rather, rather this is a full actus, a, uni- a unity that everyone in the unison are all together in one. Such an actus as all the parts, the body parts of the body, the same is also the parts of the Jewish nation. And therefore, they can bring about a Ksiva and a Ksima Teva and a Shana Teva Masuka. There was a Yid. Sashtiko Rosh Hashivan at the cell, not in Chabad. His name was Chaim Chaikul Malitsky. I believe I've told the story before, but I find it Kedai to tell it again now as we talk about the feet. And we talk about the heads, and we talk about every Jew being an integral part of the Jewish nation. Chaim Chaikul was wheelchair-bound, unfortunately. And not only was he wheelchair-bound, he was getting weaker and weaker. And he hadn't been able to walk for years. And there was once a chasana. 
not sure if it was a relative of his or not. By the chasana, the Yeritvish chasanas, the European chasanas, they do this. They have speakers. Here in America, we're paying everything by the hour. You don't have time for speakers. Then they have speakers. And each person was getting up to speak. And as they got up to speak, crowd, uh, either they were wowed or not wowed. It was a dynamic speaker, not a dynamic speaker. Then they asked Chaim Heichel to speak. But he couldn't overscream the crowd. He got very quiet. So I want to tell you a story. Why I can't walk. This is where Bakram Yeshiva in, I forgot the name of the city, Stolchin, I think. And we're sitting and learning Yeshiva. And we had a guest in our Yeshiva always. Whenever you came, he was there. Each of the Shikeh. Each of the shikha. He was the town drunk. And he used to find solace on the benches in Yeshiva with his bottle. Every so often he'd wake up, say another Lachai and go back to sleep. But he was pleasant demeanor. Never rocked the boat, as we say. So he was allowed to hang around. One very cold winter day, there was a knock on the door of the Bismillah. Freezing, storming outside. Someone was pounding and pounding on the door. And finally the guy just burst into the door. It was a Balagola, or it was actually a, a rich man. And he said his wagon, he was full of mud and everything, his wagon turned over. And his horse was being strangled by the straps. And he was begging, please, come save my horse. So the big Talmud HaChachamim stroked their beards or their faces, whatever it was they had. And they came to a conclusion that saving a horse is not Mestidus Nefesh, not Pekuach Nefesh. And it definitely does not, does not warrant Bittel Tera. So their holy study of Teda was more important than saving this horse. And they refused to go out. Poor man is crying and begging and pleading, but nobody's moving, nobody's budging, and finally he leaves, he runs to go find somewhere else, and there's no one to talk to. No one out in the street, it's freezing. He comes back again and begs and begs and begs. Each of the shikha gets up. If you guys don't go out to do help that horse, you'll never walk again. He goes back to sleep. Kitsa, we wanted to spoil from what he said, we had a good laugh. Felt bad from the guy crying. We went. By the time we got there, it was too late. Horse was dead. Came back. Why I did, I don't know. I went over to the beach and I told him the horse died. Snowy afternoon. Each told me. I don't know why he chose me, he says. I want you to come to my house tonight. Tonight I'm going to pass away. I want you to be there when it happens. <laughs> I was in shock. Me? Out of all people? Why? Where? Especially since he just cursed us. We're not going to walk. He said, I had a lot of things to do anyway. 
I had some learning to do. I took my sweater with me, and I marched myself to where Rebitcher said was his house. On the outskirts of the town, needless to say, it was not five star. I came in, and Rebitcher was on the floor, sleeping. He was already sleeping on the floor. Whew. Open my sweater. An hour, two hours, I learned. I said, okay. This is not a happening thing. I packed up and started to leave. He said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. At 4 a.m., my Nisham is going to leave my body. I want you to tell the Chavar Kadisha, I want to be buried next to this and this tzaddik in the cemetery. Wow. What a request. Buried next to this spirit and shit inside the cemetery. Sirabitcha, seriously. You're a town drunk. Why do you think the Chavagadisha would even want to bury you anywhere? Much less than nice this big tzaddik. You don't even put on film. Bitch points to a box on the wall next to the wall. He says, Go bring that box. He brings the box. And there is a bitch's film. Beautiful, beautiful film. And there's also papers, piles and piles of papers in the box. And the bitch says, These are all my writings. You show my writings and show my children to Hebrew Kadisha, and they'll understand. So after all said and done, Rebitcha was a Lamed Vavnik. He was one of the 36 hidden Sadiqim. Wow! What should I have said? At 4 a.m., each expired. He passed away as said. 4 a.m. Manera. I went to get the Chavikadisha. I told him his request. I showed him his ksavim, his writings. I showed him his tefillin, like he suggested. And lo and behold, they were all very, very, very shocked to know that this man was indeed a hidden tzaddik. And so, they went to look for this given name, this tzaddik, in the cemetery. They found the Tzadik's grave, and even more so, they found an empty grave next to him. With no idea how this could have possibly been. Chavakadisha said, we walked past here hundreds of times. We never noticed there was an empty grave next to the Tzadik. And, Ibitcha was buried in that, that place. And that's his story. And then, after Ibitcha was Nifta, his feet became weaker and weaker, and a short time after that he became crippled, hasn't been able to walk since. He told the story. There was a chassid, the Babacha chassid by this wedding. And he heard this story, and his first reaction is to write to the Rebbe. He wrote a letter to the Rebbe, A few weeks later, he gets a letter back. Tell the man he should start learning chitas every day. In the schus of the chitas, the chumash of the day, the pasha, the tanya of the day, of the month, of the year, and the tilum of the day, of the month, and the schus of the Friedrich Rebbe, who instituted people learning Chitas, he'll be healed. Not only that, he should seek to encourage others as well. So, this Chassid went back to him. I told Chaim Kaikel what happened. He wrote to the Rebbe. I know you didn't ask me to. I understand. But I did. 
And the Rebbe gave me a bracha with very clear instruction to start saying chitas and start encouraging others to do so. Wow! To say the least, wow! Chaim Chaikul didn't bat an eye, immediately started saying chitas. A few weeks later, he was able to stand. A few weeks later, he was able to walk. So we see the arrivals of each and every Jew. How important it was to go save the horse. How the words of the Tzadik Nistar. But even greater, of the bracha of the Tzadik and the power of Chitas. But more than anything else, the Pasha tells us the most famous of words, The Teda is not out of anybody's reach. Everyone is capable to study, to learn, and live the ways of Teda. It's not up in heaven. It's not overseas. The Tate is telling us how simple it is for each and every Jew to study and to keep and to learn the ways of Tehidah. As the Pesach starts, this mitzvah that I am commanding you today is not hard for you, not far from you, not in the heavens. You don't say, who's going up to heaven to go get this Tehidah for us, to be able to study this Tehidah. And not even Mayom, and it's not across seas. There are parts in the Tehra which sound almost exaggerated. When the Miraglim came back, the spies, and they describe the Holy Land of Israel. Great cities and their towers reach up to the heavens. Rashi says, they just use an expression, it's an expression of talk. Maybe here as well. Telling you that here it's not a guzma. Here when we says, it's not Bashamayim, not Evelayom, it's not far from you, not in heaven. Why is the Tera telling us here, it's not in the heavens? We know the Tera was given here in this world. What question is in our mind that the Tera should be in the heavens? What is the psukim preceding? What are the psukim preceding this? The Tera talks about the prophecy of exile, and there too the word Shemayim is used. If you're going to be going off the paths into the ways of the, ex- the edges of heaven. The furthest as one can get. Like somebody, like the distance from heaven to earth. We are now a Pasha. There's a Tater talk. But to the Jews that are found in the far, far exile, in the far Golas, and they can think that they're far from Medicisel. It's like heaven, like going up to heaven, that's how I can go to Israel. So. 
And only then, if I go to the shul, I can, can keep all my Teda mitzvahs. Teda tells us, Loi b'ashamayim hi. It's not dafke and it's Yisrael that everything is found. Kreva, it's kareva lecha adavar mi'ed. It's close to each and every one of us. Found in the hardest, deepest of golos, the Teda is here for us and next to us, tangible, reachable. Just reach out and learn. A little deeper to explain this, this is said to every Jew. Found far, spiritually, and he's entrenched in the spiritual exile so deep that it looks like Teda, mitzvahs, are so foreign to him. They're like in heaven, like across the seas. Tells that the te- tells us the Teda ki ha mitzvah hazais. This mitzvah, which mitzvah is he referring to? The mitzvah of tshuva. The Bosak says before this, ki When you will return to the Almighty with your full heart and soul, it's not distant from you. Tshuva is tangible. A person as far and as deep as they may be, it's still not Bashamayim, it's not Evelayam, but Karevelecha Hadava Mi'id. And still in all, the person, such distance, says, How can I talk about Tshuva? How can you tell me Tshuva is close? Tayna Mitzvahs are not something that I can keep, I'm so far. Each Jew is tied primius lavove with Akadish Baruch Hu, with his Teda and his mitzvahs. And this is the truth of his, of his essence. All that we ask from the Jew, tear away, push away everything that's hidden, everything that's hiding, everything that's covering and hiding the hidden secrets of godliness within you. And then you'll be able to reveal that it really, truthfully, was not far from you. But Teda Mitzvahs are always close. Me'ed, Karev, Mikol, Karev. As close as possible. Because this is the true essence of every Jew. All they want to do is reveal their Mahus and their, their true Mahus. And then one sees how, how easy it is to do Tshuva. And when all the Jews do tshuva, miyad heim nigolim, they all redeemed immediately, says the Rambam. <coughs> with a geula mitzvah vashlema. With a true geula. Rabbi Yosef Weinberg was a very, very prominent speaker. People took him worldwide to speak. He had the gift of the gab, shall we say. He was a pretty nice guy, too. I believe I've... Uh, told the story about him as well where exper- personal experience where I had to translate a letter one of the teachers brought me down a letter to translate for his class the letter the Rebbe wrote to the children in Yiddish which I'm fluent in asked me to translate in English which I'm pretty fluent in but I refused it's the Rebbe's words I, I, I can't, I can't this is the Rebbe writes a letter this is something that's beyond my capacity and Rabbi Weinberg walked into the office. And he walked into the office, and I said, Rabbi Weinberg, I have a dilemma here. I have a Melamed, who has a beautiful letter from the Rebbe in Yiddish to children. However, he wants to translate it into English, as my father referred to it in Goyish. And... I'm scared to do it. So Weinberg left and says, you're not saying you don't know how to do it? You're saying you're scared to do it? So I said, yes. I said, I'm scared to do it. So, so what do you want? Let's work a little accent. So I'll tell you the truth. If Rabbi Weinberg agrees to look it over, 
I'll do it. That's fine. So I did the translation of the letter. I typed it up. I gave it to Rabbi Weinberg. And he looked over the Rebbe's letter a few times. And then he looked over my translation a few times. And he corrected two words. He says, the wording is correct in essence. But for the Rebbe's message, I would use a different word. And he corrected two different words that he wanted, that he felt would be more poignant to bring out the Rebbe's message. I felt very relieved that Chas Shalom I didn't play with fire and do something that was beyond my, out of my league. And we gave out the letter. And here Rebbe Weinberg traveled. They brought him to a city because there was a CMC Fetera. I don't remember what the occasion was. There was a CM Sefetera. They finished a Sefetera. What happens? They finish a Sefetera. Is we had discussed to do so last year in a Sefetera in memory of my father, Olav Shalom. And um, the last letters are written very ceremoniously. People say the Chaim. People use tzedakah. People take pictures. Viandish. <laughs> One of the reasons that a Sim Sevetain is done Dafka in the middle of the week is so people can take pictures. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind that you can't write on Shabbos either. That doesn't mean yeah. um, Anyway, and then they dance in the street and they take it to the other to the shul that it has to go to and all the Sevetain from the shul come out and greet this new Sevetain. Beautiful, beautiful ceremony. And after the whole ceremony, Rabbi Weinberg was asked to speak by the dinner and he got up and he spoke and he said a very, very beautiful message. He says, Teda has 600,000 letters. Each one represents the Jew of the Jewish nation. And just like a, if a, God forbid, a Sefetera were missing a word, or missing a letter, the Sefetera would be puzzled. So too, if God forbid, any Jew doesn't consider himself, God forbid, part of the Jewish nation, doesn't participate in the Jewish customs, in Teda Mitzvahs, the Echaz V'Shalom, doing major damage to the entire Jewish nation. No? Beautiful message. That next morning he was on a plane back in New York, and he came to 770, he went to Rabbi Chadakov, and at the end of this whole shir, remind me to say all of a shalom for all the people that I'm talking about. And he, and he came to Rabbi Chadikov and he told him the message that he gave. That evening, Rabbi Chadikov calls Rabbi Weinberg and says, Can you come to my office? So I gave over to the Rebbe what you said. And the Rebbe was a little untouched, disappointed. The Rebbe said, You should have said in your marshal, a sefetera that had some dirt on a letter. So you didn't know if underneath that letter, underneath that dirt, was actually the letter that needed to be there. But you brushed off the dirt. You saw the letter was there, and it was a kasher sefetera. The Rebbe says, Any Jew apostles the Jewish nation. Because every Jew is a Jew at heart and will always be a full-fledged Jew. They are unfortunately sometimes covered over with something that we don't see and we don't understand. And we don't know what the Jewish... Where's the Metzius of this Yid? Zaktundir, wipe away the dust. And wipe away the dust and we'll be able to continue reading the Zevetera. And wipe away the dust from this Jew. And the Yiddish nation, the Am Yisrael Chai, the Jewish nation will stand all together. And we will be this Shabbos in Yerushalayim, Yerakadish, Nitzav, Mayim Kulcham, with Aksiva, Aksima Teva, Shana Teva, Musika, Billy Nether, I said, next week I will record a video for a shir that will be seen on Tuesday night. You can request it, I can send it to you Tuesday afternoon. And I also put up on the site this year, next week, Vietchen. Um Pashas Vayelech is the answer to the question.
Sometimes Parshat Vayelech is together with Nitzavim. Most times. Sometimes it's not. When it's not with Parshat Vayelech, let us take years so we don't have to get confused. In the year Tavshinayin Zayin, for example, this year, if Nitzavim Vayelech were not, were not together, which they are, but if they were not together, we'd lay Nitzavim this Shabbos, and Vayelech would only be laid in Tavshin Ayin Ches. So in Tavshin Ayin Zayin, we, didn't lay, we wouldn't have laid Vayelech. Then, fast forward to next year, the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, of Tavshin Ayin Ches. And in Erev Rosh Hashanah, Tavshin Ayin Ches, the Shabbos before, we read Nitzavim Vayelech. So again, we'll be reading Vayelech a second time. So it will be two Shabbosim that we read, Pashas Vayelech. That was a quiz, a question, a riddle that we asked in the beginning of this year for those that didn't know what that was all about. Shabbat Shalom to all.